to the Lord one more time and worship God as Brother Dudley comes to preach the word of the Lord to us. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lift up your voice unto God right now. We love you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wonderful Savior, wonderful Savior. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, it's certainly an honor and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Never want to take for granted just even one opportunity that I am afforded to be in the presence of Almighty God. A lot of places we could be tonight, but I'm glad that we have chosen to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. In His presence there is fullness of joy, and that His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Does not get any better than being in the house of the Lord and feeling the presence of Almighty God. Amen. I think everybody ought to say amen. And you're here tonight because you want to be here tonight. Man, I hope that's why you're here tonight. Amen. And uh, we just want to make ourselves at church tonight. Don't make yourself at home. Don't kick back too much. But make yourself at church tonight. And amen and a hallelujah. And the good old-fashioned Holy Ghost war hoop. Amen. And clapping your hands and leaping for joy. And running the aisles and dancing in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Lifting up your voice in prayer and in praise unto God. We're apostolic. Amen. We want to act apostolic. Amen. In every sense of the word. I've never been to a Catholic church where they acted apostolic. I don't want anybody coming to this apostolic church and thinking it's like a Catholic church. Amen. Amen. We're going to call ourselves Pentecostal. We best act Pentecostal. The church at home, the name of it's Calvary Apostolic Church. I've said before, and I'll probably say it again, if we're going to put apostolic on the sign, we better be apostolic in the house. If we're not going to be apostolic, we're hypocrites. We're having it on the sign. Let's take it off and put on there what we really are. Amen. Christian Growth Center. Amen. Let's be Christians in every sense of the word. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter number 122. I want to begin reading with verse number 1, and we'll read through verse number 9. I want to say what an honor and privilege it is to be here with you fine people of God, the city of Pueblo, and uh, we give... Honor tonight to Pastor Elder, a man that we love and we respect and uh, hold dear to our hearts. And I mean that very sincerely. And nobody wishes that he was here more than I do. Amen. But knowing, knowing Pastor Elder, I know what that he would want us to do. And I assured him, talking on the phone this afternoon, I said, we're just going to do our best to have Holy Ghost Church. Amen. That's what we want to do. God is still God. Amen. His power is real. 
And uh, he can do a whole lot in just a little bit of time. Amen. Amen. And I want the Lord to help us in this service tonight. Give honor to all of these men on the platform. Brother Williams, uh, longtime friend. He is much my elder. Don't let him fool you. He is much my elder. Just take a look. Just look at him. Look at me. You'll figure it all out. No, we love love this man, his family. Psalms chapter number 122. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within, within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. A psalm of David, he talked often, told us often of how that he felt about Jerusalem, more specifically the house of God. David had an affinity for the house of the Lord, a sincere, heartfelt love for the house of God. And we get just a window view, just a small picture in this psalm of how that David felt about the house of the Lord. I would tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, like to preach to you just simply from this subject. What about your church? What about your church? I understand that this is a youth service tonight. And it is my best intention to preach to the young people and I think everybody in here is young. I think everybody in here is young. If you would, lay your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands, our hearts, our voices to God. Ask God to speak to you tonight. Would you do that? Precious Lord, we love you today. We honor you today. We give you glory and praise and thanks today, God. We must have you in this house. We lean upon you, God. We lean not to the arm of flesh. We've got to have, have you today. Lord, we want you. We can't have church without you. I pray that your word would be spoken with clarity, power, the boldness and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I pray that our hearts would be prepared to receive the seed of your word. Let it fall on good ground today. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us not only be touched, but let us be changed today by your spirit and by your word. The precious name of Jesus. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord when you get comfortable. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you this evening. You may be seated. Altars were earlier than buildings in a representation of where that God would meet with a man. We find Abraham, a friend of God. He would build an altar where that God had met 
with him. Any type of substantial influence that God had upon his life. In the, any place, a specific place that God would meet with him in a unique and a special way. Abraham always took the time and built an altar there. A representation of where that God had met with him and where God spoke to him. We find in the book of Genesis chapter number 28 and verse number 17, Jacob awakes out of a deep sleep. Uh, he had grabbed a pillow just uh, the evening before, a stone for a pillow, and uh, went to sleep and seen an, a ladder that uh, reached unto the heavens and angels ascending and descending. And God spoke to Jacob at that place at that time and let him know that his seed would be as the sand of the seashore. And that the blessing of God would rest upon him in a very unique manner. When Jacob awoke, his uh, statement was, how dreadful is this place? The Bible said that he was afraid. He said, this is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And certainly didn't Jacob have it right. For the house of God is the gate of heaven. And if you expect to make it to heaven, my friend, you're going to have to go through the gate of the house of God. I do not believe that one can be saved outside of the church. And uh, recognizing that fact, how dear the house of the Lord ought to be to each and every one of us. I find in Scripture a progression, if you will, as to the condition of the house of the Lord. We find where that Moses at Sinai, he followed the tradition that Abraham had set in building an altar. But uh, he not only built an altar, but along with the altar, Moses built 12 pillars or set up 12 pillars that represented the, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob. And uh, I believe that that is uh, very significant for you and I today. For we are not a part of a weak church. We are not a part of an anemic church. Uh, along with the altar, there has got to be pillars that make up the house of the Lord. Moses still at Sinai, he progressed the house of the Lord, if you will. We find that Moses pitched a tent outside of the camp. And Joshua was chosen to be the sole minister in the tent tabernacle. Uh, along with the tent, it just kept progressing all throughout the word of the Lord. There came a time when that God got involved in the building of his house. In Exodus chapter number 25 and verse number 8, God spoke to Moses and said, Let them, speaking of the children of Israel, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. 
And you and I know that a tabernacle was built along with the furniture and tapestry, all of which was a foreshadow of the substance with a capital S that was to be fulfilled in the New Testament in Jesus Christ. It did not stop with this tent tabernacle. Uh, David desired that his beloved ark would be able to dwell in more than a tent. He desired to build a temple of stone. You and I know that David was not allowed to build the temple. A man of war as he was, his hands uh, being bloody, God did not allow David to build the temple. Solomon built the temple. And the temple that Solomon built, the Bible describes it as being exceeding magnificent. A word was made up to describe the temple that Solomon built. A word that had not been used heretofore. Exceeding magnificent. The temple as Solomon built it remained as it were until God robed himself in flesh. I understand that the temple was destroyed and that Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple. But the pattern of the temple remained the same until God robed himself in flesh. John 1 and 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 and 14 said, And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus became the tabernacle of God on earth. John 14 and 10, the Bible said, Jesus said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. It was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And Jesus, while that he was here on earth as a man, he was the complete tabernacle of God. He chose men to follow him, 12 apostles, and developed a following of disciples while that he was here on earth. After that they grew accustomed to him being around and were comfortable with the direction and the instruction that he gave them on frequent occasions. Jesus looked at them and said, I am leaving. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth truth that it is expedient for you that I go away for if I go not away the comforter will not come unto you but if I depart I will send him unto you but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. 
Jesus as a man was the complete tabernacle of God on earth. And Jesus left by the way of an old rugged cross. He left by the way of Calvary, thus purchasing our redemption. And now we are not our own, but we have been bought with a price. He told disciples that loved him and that no doubt leaned upon him. Uh, his fleshly presence, he said, I am leaving. And you can sense and feel in the scripture their concern as to his departure. But the disciples and the apostles even were in need of a very important revelation. Uh, and that was, he was with them at that time. But Jesus said, I I shall be in you. And the New Testament was a church was born on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Was the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in the church. On that day, the New Testament church was born. The New Testament word for church comes from a Greek word, uh, ecclesia, which just simply means called out ones. If you have not figured it out yet tonight, I must inform you that I am preaching to the church. For you are the church of the living God. I do not tonight spend my time preaching to these padded pews or the painted walls or the carpeted floors or the chandeliered ceilings but I would like to spend my time tonight preaching to those of us that have a soul and those of us that have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost representing God in the earth today for it is the Holy Ghost in you that makes you the house or the tabernacle of almighty God the apostle Paul asked the very pointed question he said what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God and you are not your own for you are bought with a price Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. I must inform you that you and I are the representation of God on the earth today to a lost and a dying generation. And I've come to ask you tonight, what about your church? How does your church look? How does your church feel? How does your church act? How involved is your church? How committed is your church? How dedicated and consecrated is your church to the plan and eternal purpose of God Almighty? Amen. 
I've got a little house back in Wichita. My wife and I bought it right before we got married. It has the structure, the furniture, the decor that make it a house. You, you can look at it. It looks like a house. But what makes it my house is the fact that I live there. And I've come to a church tonight that has padded pews. And we've got a beautiful edifice. We've got the chandeliers, the structure. We've got the musical instruments. But that does not make this the house of God. It is not God's house unless he is living here. And he lives in you as an individual. So whether or not this is his church, it depends upon you. I'd like to preach tonight against just simply coming to church. God deliver us from just coming to church. Help us to bring something with us. Help us to bring a heart full of thanksgiving, a heart full of joy, a heart full of love, a heart full of praise. Amen. This church was born in the fire. It ought not end up in the smoke. This church was born more than just embers in a growing pile of ashes with just smoke that comes out and up every now and then. This church ought to be lively. This church ought to be glorious. Amen. He said he's coming back for a glorious church. He's coming back for a bride that has made herself ready. He's coming back for a bride that is without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, or without any such thing. What about your church tonight? What about your temple tonight? And we've got a beautiful edifice here tonight. And thank God for it. But the condition of your temple ultimately affects the atmosphere of this corporate body. I wish to God that we could learn not to shove the responsibility of touching heaven off on someone else. I wish to God we would understand that we are the church. I am the church. And if this is going to be a powerful church, I've got to pray. If this is going to be a glorious church, I've got to fast. If this is going to be a soul in a church, I've Got to witness. I'm just about as sick of dead church as I can be sick of dead church. What about your church tonight? Amen. I want to tell every young man and every young lady in this service tonight that if this is going to be a powerful apostolic church, then you are going to have to be powerful apostolic young people. This church will not be any better than what you are. If I want this to be a church 
whether we help the preacher, I've got to help the preacher. If I want this to be a church, whether we leap for joy, I've got to leap for joy. If I want this to be a church, whether we shout unto God with the voice of triumph, I've got to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. If I want this to be a church, whether we pray until the power of God comes down, I've got to pray. If I want this to be a worshiping church, I've got to worship. If I want this to be a hand clapping church, I've got to clap my hands. Quit just coming to church. Come to do something besides sit there like a bump on a log or a lump on a frog. Come to give God glory and give him praise. Somebody said it's not in all that hype. It's not all in all that excitement. Maybe it's not, Brother Randall, but it's not all in just sitting there either and doing nothing. Oh, this world has seen plenty of dead churches. They're looking for some place that's alive. 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 If the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Alive. Shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Oh, I wish I could preach tonight. I wish I could preach tonight. Jesus went to Calvary for more than a laid-back, complacent church. He died on an old rugged cross to produce in us more than just a half-hearted effort. He shed his blood on that splintery old cross so that we would give him everything. Amen. After all that he has given for us to give him anything less than our everything and our all, it is an absolute reproach unto God. It is an absolute slap in his face for us to offer him some kind of a half-hearted effort after the great price that he paid on a hill called Mount Calvary. Amen. Amen. I'd like to encourage you young men. I'd like to encourage you young lady that you are responsible for your church. You are responsible for the atmosphere of your church. You are responsible of whether or not we have lively services or dead services. You are responsible of whether somebody helps the preacher or not. You are responsible of whether somebody's praying before church or not. You're responsible. What a about your church. Amen. Amen. 
God came unto Moses and said, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. You know the story. The Bible said that Korah and Dathan and Abiram, they came unto Moses and to Aaron and to the priest and they said, you are taking too much upon you in seeing that we are holy. In other words, they had a problem with the way that Moses ran his church services. They just were not happy with their church. They were dissatisfied with the leadership of their church and the Bible said that after God had got a belly full of it he spoke unto the congregation and said get you up from the tabernacle of Korah Dathan and Abiram I never realized it brother Williams but evidently Korah and Dathan and Abiram had grown so dissatisfied with Moses' tabernacle that they had created one of their own and they decided they would worship how that they wanted to worship and they decided that they would offer the sacrifices that they felt necessary to offer and they decided that they would live as holy as they pleased not anymore and not any less so the children of Israel the Bible said that they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. You and I know the story of how that the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and Dathan and Abiram and their families and how that the fire of God came and destroyed those princes which held the scepters of fire in their hand. After the we read of the tabernacle of Korah being destroyed and Korah himself being destroyed. When we get there to the last part of the 16th chapter of the book of Numbers, the Bible said Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the plague was stayed when they woke up that morning they had two churches that they could go to but when they went to bed that night there was only one church that 